Welcome to Life Snacks. This is a podcast on a mission to help a woman navigate post-grad life together through snack-sized stories, but life-changing advice. This is for every one of us out there dealing with the realities of life after college that no one talks about. For those of you that may be feeling lost, you are not alone. Join me on this journey to get to the bottom of the shit we weren't taught in school. We'll discuss health, wealth, relationships, careers, and how to truly create our greatest lives. We've got big visions and big missions, so we're breaking them down bite by bite to help you make your postgrad dreams a reality. I'm your host, Lauren Tierney, and let's get snacking. Hi, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. I am absolutely obsessed with this conversation I get to share with you all today and obsessed with this human I was introduced to through this podcast. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Morgan Lewis. Morgan is a holistic health consultant, and she helps women solve their health struggles like IBS and bloating and thyroid issues and tons of other things holistically. And she actually found this path after having her own health struggles and finally seeing a holistic health doctor that opened her eyes to this world. Morgan talks about how when we go to the doctor and how we've been raised in society and healthcare is, okay, you go to the gyno for certain things, you go to a general doctor for certain things, you go to a gastro for certain things. But the issue with the healthcare system is everything's really connected, right? Like our body, all of our organs and inner things work together. So she really talks about why the holistic health approach changed her life and how she's using it to change so many other women's lives. Personally, I just benefited so much from this conversation. She really offered such tangible and actionable things you can do if you're struggling with your gut health or your mood regulation and things like that, that you can do through changing your lifestyle and your diet. And you're probably doing things to already affect your lifestyle like that negatively that you don't even know about. And I just took some of the tips that she offered today and it really has changed my life in the last few weeks since we've had this conversation. Morgan also just talks about diet culture and really some of the myths that we've all come to believe and why they're so false and why as women we need to stop shrinking ourselves. And it was just a really powerful conversation that I know all women can benefit from. And if you're someone that ever has struggled with stomach problems or has been diagnosed with IBS or has really had low energy and health issues lately, I recommend you listen to this episode because Morgan said something so powerful in this conversation. And it was that just because your symptoms are common doesn't mean they're normal. And I was like, holy shit, that is so true, right? We we hear like, yeah, everyone's bloating around their period or whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be the case. Like that is not normal. You should not have to deal with that. And Morgan really walks through how she helps people deal with those things and see results so quickly in their lives by changing their lifestyles and the food they eat. And it's just a really powerful conversation. I know everyone will get something out of this and Honestly, just some of the things she shared was like mind blowing. She just really drops so many facts and so much information. She is a wealth of knowledge. And I hope you guys love this conversation and this episode as much as I do. So without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Morgan Lewis. 
Hi, Morgan. Welcome to Life Snacks. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. I am great. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for this conversation today. I have to ask you, what is your favorite snack and what was your favorite childhood snack? So I I saw this um, in a few other of the podcasts and this has been giving me so much anxiety (laughs) because I have so many favorites. Same, same. Um, And I feel like this is kind of a lame answer, but I'm just still obsessed with the Simple Mills original sea salt cracker. Like they just, they always work for me. Like I love them with hummus. I love them with like tuna if I'm eating a salad for lunch. Um, I just love them. So that's my favorite thing right now. Um, Growing up, my diet was not the same. And (laughs) my favorite snack as a kid Honestly, I like loved those baked lays, the thin ones. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I like chips. So that's yeah, clearly you like the crunch. <laughs> I like a crunch. That's so funny. I know. I feel like growing up, all the snacks that you had at like birthday parties were like the OG barbecue lays or yes. just like all those snacks that I really feel like I never see anymore. Like no never one shows up to like a dinner party with lays now. I mean, maybe people do. That was rude, but I just feel like you never see them anymore. I know. I feel like we just know so much more as a consumer now that it makes it hard to indulge in some of those foods that yeah. we used to. Totally. <laughs> well, we'll get into all of that. So can you just introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us a little bit about the journey that brought you to where you are today? Yes. So as I said earlier, my name is Morgan. Um, Morgan Lewis is my full name. I grew up outside of Chicago and I went to the University of Texas in Austin for undergrad. Um, I had gotten direct admit to the business school. So that's kind of what I I just, I got like funneled through that through college and it was a great experience. I just think deep down that wasn't my calling. Um, A few times during school, I had tried to switch my major and then it would have delayed my graduation. So I just kind of kept on that path. Um, Upon graduating, I moved to San Francisco and got a job in tech at a company called Hotel Tonight, which ended up being acquired by Airbnb. And throughout that time, I was still kind of dabbling with this, you know, post-college, is this what I want to do full-time? Do I want to be in hospitality? And I had seen a life coach a few years prior, which I actually recommend to anyone who's kind of feeling like super lost or just unsure, but she really helps me align um, my goals and like get clarity on, on what makes me happy. And at the end of that session, we, we met a few times, I had realized I wanted to work with people and I wanted to change people's lives, but I knew I wanted to do it in a one-on-one capacity and kind of running parallel to college and moving to San Francisco. I was struggling, you know, since high school with gut issues and I kept going to various doctors. No one could find out what was going on. And it was until I met with a holistic um, MD that she realized I had a parasite. I was severely intolerant to eggs and like the stress I was under was causing this, like pretty much like a storm in my body. And after I had done this protocol, I felt amazing. And so I kind of knew like a light bulb went off. I'm like, this is my calling. Like people would text me and be like, what probiotic should I get? Or my stomach hurts and all these texts and all these people reaching out. I'm like, I have to pursue this. So I enrolled in a part-time program through Bowman college 
which is based in Berkeley. And it was actually the month before COVID. And it was so random because it was the first program they've ever done hundred percent virtually. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like everything had aligned. Um, you know, nothing got stopped because of COVID. I finished in April of 2021. So this year, a few months ago, and I had launched my business during COVID, just starting to see people one-on-one. Um, and I'm, I'm really trying to do this full time, which has been so exciting. And, you know, I'm, I'm primarily working with women who have gut issues that fall under a big umbrella, but mainly IBS or IBD, um, heartburn, bloat, like just any of those adverse symptoms that, you know, aren't normal in your body. I'm Mm -hmm. your girl. So, um, and I'll, in a shorter version, that's that's how I got here today. Well, I love your journey. There's so much I want to tap into. One, I also lived in San Francisco and worked for a tech company. I, so. I saw this and I saw, I listened to one of your podcasts and you're like, and I didn't have a lot of friends. And I was like, oh God, I didn't have a lot of friends. Yeah. I wish we knew each other. It's so I was funny. I so upset. <laughs> it's so funny. Like just thinking back to my time there too, because I left Call Gear early and I was living there and I was actually just there last weekend. And now like all my friends live there and it's like, it's oh my the same, but it's totally different. Um, but totally resonate with your journey. I want to talk about actually how you saw a life coach because I feel like so many people think about that or like are in the space you're in. Like yeah. you're probably a few years older than me and you've been through those phases of just like, okay, I went to school. I got the job. Like now is this really it? Like I'm just going to work mm-hmm. this desk job that like is supposed to be the right path. So what made you want to see a yeah. life coach? And then like, what did that life coach really like pull out of you? Like what were those conversations like? Yeah. So this was in, it's I think 2017. Um, I left this out of the intro, but my, my senior year going into college, I actually got an internship that was a co-op. I don't know if people are familiar with that term, but basically it's a six month internship and to be eligible for it, you have to just like, you have to skip a semester at school. And so I got this awesome opportunity working in supply chain, which was my major um, for Neutrogena at the Johnson and Johnson plant in LA. And I was studying abroad. My program ended a bit later. So it was really hard to find an internship. And I was so stressed about getting an internship before graduation because everyone puts this idea in your head, you know, your junior year internship is going to set you up for success Mm. upon graduation. And it just causes so much anxiety. Um, So I ended up taking this, this job, you know, for better or for worse, I went to LA, I missed my fall semester of senior year. So I graduated a semester later, but when I was living in LA, I was, I was like alone. Um, I had a few people in my co-op, but I don't know. It was just a really, it was a very transitional time. And I was really trying to figure out myself, you know, I was going through these health issues. I was seeing that doctor there. So I was really like spending so much time on getting better. And then I had this whole other element of like my soul and spirituality that was just kind of unsatisfied. And I just found this woman, like I was like Googling. I remember I was like life coaches or like mentors and she came up and I just, I remember reading her website and I'm like, Hmm, this seems like the right fit. Like, find your calling, you know, help discover what you're passionate about. And that was kind of what I needed. Mm -hmm. I was studying supply chain. I was in this internship that I was not happy with. And I was like, this is not the career I want right now. And I remember she had me fill out a lot of intake. I don't necessarily know the exact questions, but the one thing that stuck with me, stuck with me is we did like a pyramid of, um, like core pillars essentially. Mm -hmm. And we did, we like ended up picking out four and they built upon each other. And ultimately those four were your core 
calling. And for me, one of them was alignment. So I needed to be in alignment with whatever I did, which Mm -hmm. meant my job and personal preference. And I can feel that so much now as I've, you know, gone through more of my career, like when I'm out of alignment, I'm so unhappy. Um, one of them was peace of mind. Um, one was clarity. And then I think the other was joy. So I don't know how you could necessarily get yourself there because I don't have the leading questions, but I think if someone were interested, they could either find a coach to help them get there or maybe look up like how to find your, your calling or like your pillars of, of, um, your beliefs. I think, I think that was, that's what would work. It sounds like you've always been someone that like invested in that self work, but looking back, is there any advice when you kind of were feeling in that stage of life where you're just like, this isn't it. I don't know what's next. Is there anything you wish you told yourself then, or you wish you could have known then? Yeah. I mean, I think like nowadays everyone is so attached to their phones and social media and like so invested in what everyone else is doing. And I feel like I was the last age group where like, we had Snapchat, but like that didn't come out until the end of college. Like yeah. I'm not on TikTok. Um, you know, I didn't have, I had Instagram in high school, but it was mainly photo editing. Yeah, it was like, an editing app. Yeah, yes. like I, I don't, like my friends and I went back and we were like, what were we even posting? Like we didn't even know what this was. So I feel really fortunate in that aspect. But I think in today's world, like my biggest piece of advice, like looking back on that time is you need to be comfortable being alone with yourself. And yeah, like it is so not emphasized today. And I've always been independent. Like during college, I would go to yoga alone. I'd go shopping alone. Like I am an introverted extrovert. I I know that about myself and I need alone time to recharge. But I think if people are listening to this and they can't even identify that about themselves, like be alone, like spend time with yourself, like figure out what makes you happy. And when all those things are in alignment, everything else about your life just falls into place and your relationships get better and you enjoy your time with your friends more. And I just think it's so important to like know yourself first. That's so powerful. I think spending a time alone can feel uncomfortable, especially coming from college when you're surrounded by people all the time. Like, unless you make Mm -hmm. that space, you have roommates, you're going to social events and like Sometimes I think people graduate from college and it really is this moment of like, oh, fuck, like, am I really alone in this? Um, And getting comfortable with that is important. I want to transition and talk to you about Three Pillars Wellness, which is your company. And um, I know you explained kind of the backstory of how you got there, but I'd love to just hear what you work on with women today. If most of your clients are women and Mm -hmm. what are like the most common struggles and the things that you help them with? Yeah. Um, great question. I loved when you said your company, because that's just so crazy that I started a company, uh, just like a one woman business right now. So it's so funny. Still um, a company. <laughs> still a company. It's an LLC. Um, yeah. So I think where I'm trying to position myself is gut issues. You know, that's what I grew up with. I was given a diagnosis as IBS and it's interesting enough that 70% of people are misdiagnosed to have IBS uh, or 70, 70% of the people who have IBS that are diagnosed. It's not really IBS. It's something else going on um, to clarify. So I specifically work with gut issues. I have seen other people for, for different things, but that's really my passion. Um, right now I'm working with someone who has SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. 
Um, I've got people who come to me just to get healthier. You know, maybe they have some heartburn and some bloat. It's enough to bother them. It's, you know, maybe it's not every day, but it's happening often enough where they're like, Hey, you know, I want to fix this before it gets worse. Um, that's a great place to be in. I work with people who have Crohn's or colitis, um, people who have thyroid issues. So they all seem a little bit unrelated, but when you bring it down to the core, they are very related. Um, the way our medical system works is they kind of like take all these parts and they're like, Oh, there's a gynecologist for your ovaries and your women reproductive. And then, Oh, there's a gastro for your stomach issues. And then, Oh, you have a primary care that can kind of treat everything, but they're not really specialized. And it's really taught us that like everything is disconnected, but in reality, everything works together. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, when people come to me, yes, we work on diet and yes, we work on getting rid of those adverse reactions or symptoms, but it's so much more than just food. It's stress, it's lifestyle, it's sleep. It's the relationships you have. It's the relationship with yourself. It's your time management. It's your boundaries. Um, it's so much more than just nutrition. And I think it's sometimes hard to convey that to people, but the clients I see who have the most success are the ones that are willing to try things. Yeah. And they're the ones that are open to changing their routine because they realize, you know, what I'm doing now is obviously not serving me and there's no way they can make change without making changes in their routine or lifestyle. Do you have any examples of like some of these clients that have been successful and like the kind of changes that felt so out of their comfort zone that really impacted them? Yeah. Um, I actually just spoke to a client yesterday. I posted about this on my story, but she came to me a few months ago, almost like eight months, I think, um, kind of peak COVID just with like a lot of anxiety, stress. Um, she was vegan and her cholesterol was so high. Um, her thyroid was just really not functioning. And she just honestly felt like shit. Like there's no other way to explain it. She's like, I, you know, I'm low mood. I have low libido. I'm not sleeping well. I'm having anxiety and, and so on and so forth. And unfortunately, like these are really common symptoms that people just think are normal. And I want to urge people just because they're common, it does not mean they're normal. And we get so bogged down, like, Oh, you know, everyone, all my friends have PMS around their cycle or all my friends float like, okay, great. But that's not really normal. Um, And everyone kind of like minimizes, but anyways, I'm going on a tangent. So (laughs) let me get back to this client. Um, So we started working and, you know, as I said, she was vegan. I don't love a vegan diet for everybody. Everybody is different. Um, But I had really, I had spoken to her and I'm like, you need amino acids from protein and not just any meat. Like you need good quality meat. You need the pasture organic eggs. We want those good omega fats. We need, you need, you need some more iron from steak and from grass fed meat. Her iron was super low. Um, So we started, you know, she obviously was adverse to this, which is like, okay, I can start with fish. Yeah, I can do eggs a few times a week. And that was like really hard for her. She had, you know, not only emotional, but also like she had gone so long vegan that in her head, she was like, I don't feel good for meat. And if I eat meat, I get really sick. And it started to become this psychological issue. So long story short, she added meat in. We really worked on stress. Um, Obviously during the pandemic, everyone was under a significant amount of stress, but I see this nine out of 10 times. Like everyone is just so stressed, which really affects digestion, mood, cortisol, hormones, everything. And after six months, 
she was able to donate blood again. So she went to donate blood a few months back and her iron was too low. She couldn't, she was able to do that. And then she went to get her blood work done. Her thyroid was optimal. Her cholesterol was normal and she feels better. Wow. So it was just like a crazy, you know, I, I love having data because you can actually yeah, see it. Absolutely. Symptoms are great. Yeah. But like you can see the blood work and you can compare it a year later. So that was, that was one of the clients who's like always been eager to try things. Um, and again, if someone's vegan and comes to me and they're really adverse to it, we can make that work. It just takes a little bit more um, food planning, but it was a really great success story. So talking about stress, how does stress affect our bodies? Like, I think we all hear that like stress can make you sick. Stress can affect your gut. But at the end of the day, I think it's almost like, okay, well, that's just how I feel in my brain. Like, how can that affect mm -hmm. me? Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, and I just want to preface this because I know like people who suffer from anxiety or depression or have mood things like it's so much further than being like, go meditate. Like I have had anxiety yeah. issues. I have had depression. I was on Lexapro before, and I'm very open about that. I was able to get myself off of it, but I get that. And I understand like, sometimes it's out of your control and that's okay. And that's why there is medicine. It worked for me. And it quite frankly, saved my life when I needed it. Um, but there is so much we have control over and Yes, it is so hard when we get into that mode of stress, stress, anxiety, like I can't pull myself out, but we have to kind of bring it back to like the discipline and like what you can do, you know, looking at things you can do, but in terms of stress, so I don't really even know where to begin. I'm just going to kind of jump in from a digest digestion point, and then we can kind of roll from there. But in terms of stress, like way back when, when we were living outside and it was like prehistoric times and we had to hunt for our food our stress kept us alive. You know, we'd mm -hmm. see it, we'd see a bear and our body would be like, run or you're going to be killed. Yeah. And when our body is in that fight or flight mode, it shuts down everything. Digestion, um, your neurological processes, like everything's halted because all your body cares about is survival. And we still have those instincts. We are humans. Like that mm -hmm. is an eight, an eight to our body. But in today's world, when we get stressed from an email and from our friend texting us something yeah. or a Venmo charge, just whatever. Literally, you know, I can relate to like, all of those in the past like week, yes. in the past like 24 hours, every yes, single one exactly. of those things has stressed me out. I know. And it's like these micro stressors that constantly put our body in fight or flight and then stop everything else. So the main thing I say to clients is, you know, you're working, you're on your emails, you're stressed out, you're going meeting to meeting and you're working from home and you have no boundaries for lunch. So you eat lunch in front of your computer and you're doing oh your God. emails. Yep. That is literally the worst thing you can do because your body is still in fight or flight mode and it can't possibly work on digesting the food you're eating. So you're just eating, chewing, you're probably not even chewing well, you're loading all this food into your stomach and, oh, what do you know? You start bloating because you haven't even broken down the food in the first step where you're using mechanical digestion in your mouth, your body hasn't even registered that it's eating. So it probably doesn't have enough stomach acid and you've just loaded all this food into your gut and you haven't even helped your body break it down. Yeah. So that's just one of many examples um, where stress is just really going to wreak a lot of havoc. Um, 
Well, I feel seen because I was just starting down my breakfast. I was like, I have five minutes until this podcast interview. I better eat this fucking quick. I know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did the same thing this morning and we're humans. But as long as we can be mindful and it's not every meal of the day, that's a good step in the right direction. Like, look, I'm telling you all these things. I'm not perfect. I have gut issues. I'm working on them too. So we're all a work in progress. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I love that you talk about just like, okay, just because like your friend bloats and everyone bloats, it's not normal. Like, I feel like I personally struggle with this and I've had my own issues with eating disorders and just like things I've struggled with. And I know it's affected my Mm -hmm. gut, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, like gut problems, like they're just there. So like, let's say someone maybe isn't at the step to get help, like, and see someone yet. Is there anything that we should just look at when trying to improve our gut health in a more general perspective? I don't know. I know this is your specialty, so maybe you don't want to give general advice, but no, no, no. I I love to share um, free tips and health as well. Like if you're not healthy, you can't obviously like live the life you want. And I want to share as much as I can. Um, With that being said, there's a difference between having severe chronic gut issues versus bloating and having heartburn from lifestyle choices. And they're all valid. Like too many tequila sodas on the weekend gives you some. Exactly. (laughs) Like, come on, you know, like that is going to give you heartburn. Like eating fried, fried chicken and French fries. Like if you're going out and having a beer, like that's probably going to trigger stomach. Like, okay, we, we can't really start like assuming something's wrong with you. But the first thing I would say is check your ingredients in the food you buy. We have gotten so accustomed as a nation. Like I know, I'm sure you've traveled maybe abroad. Um, yeah. And Just like you see the food they Yes. You don't okay. feel like you eat shit you wouldn't eat here and you feel fine. Exactly. Exactly. And they focus so much more on whole foods. Um, everything's fresh. Everything's local. Like it's at, like, yes, we have a global supply chain of food coming in, but I feel like in other countries, they actually eat what's seasonal to them. That's not really going to affect your gut. But what I mean by the whole foods and checking your foods is we in America are like, Oh, gluten-free bagels. That's healthy. Okay. Well, that's still a processed food and your diet really should be 80% whole foods. And what I mean by that is foods and it's pure form. So an apple instead of applesauce, because even Mm -hmm. if you're eating applesauce, that's still processed. Um, you know, eating fresh berries instead of dried, eating a baked potato instead of French fries, eating lentils or legumes, um, grains that aren't processed. Like all these foods are so good for you. And when you check the ingredient, it should just be one thing on the back. Um, It's very scary that I will go as far to say as you should check every single ingredient, even in a bottle of water you purchase. I was literally at the nail salon last week and I looked at the water. I don't even know why I was looking at it. It was just like tilted to me and I was like looking around and in the water was calcium chloride. Like we don't need these additives. And it just really blows my mind to see what's in some of these foods. Like some of the big triggers, um, guar gums and colorings, food dyes, um, the gums in particularly like xanthan gums. I was going to say xanthan gums in everything. Oh my God. I know it really disrupts the gut lining and you want a strong gut lining because that's, what's going to keep all the junctions tight and avoid any like possible autoimmune things or food sensitivities. Because once that gut lining becomes leaky, I'm sure people have heard that or mm-hmm. permeable, 
then there's more opportunity for food particles to leak out in our immune system to cause a reaction. So all these gums contribute to leaky gut. Um, yeah, I mean, they're in non-dairy milks that yeah. you know, everyone's loving. And then the other thing is like oils, like inflammatory oils, canola oil, sunflower oil. All those are really harmful. They promote um, inflammatory growth. So you want to focus more on olive oils, coconut oil, avocado oil, um, and then like fats from nuts and seeds. Awesome. So just doing that and having people look at their labels and look for cleaner things and say, hey, you know, this frozen meal has a bunch of shit I can't pronounce, but I'm going to choose this organic one because, you know, maybe there's one ingredient. I don't know what it is. I looked it up. It's fine. And then everything else is organic vegetables, spices, and, yeah. and grains. So that is a huge thing that people can do immediately. And it doesn't really cost much, but it takes a little bit more time at the store. So tell me like, what did you have for breakfast today? Today? So I can't eat eggs every day, which is such a bummer, but I like, that's one of the big things I recommend to clients because I think eggs are a great way to add vegetables and a lot of people's, um, breakfast void vegetables. And we want to eat around five to six servings a day. Um, today I had mentioned I was rushing, but I had the harmless harvest brand. Um, they, they're non-dairy coconut yogurts. They have a few strains of probiotics in it, which is great. And the ingredients are good. Um, it's a little high in sugar, but you know, again, 80, 20 roll. Um, I put two scoops of chia seeds and then I use this low carb, high fiber, high protein, um, like grain free cereal. I can't remember the name right now, but that was my breakfast. And to be quite honest, I'm hungry right now. So I'm probably going to eat again after our call. (laughs) How do you balance like watching for clean ingredients, but then there's like this line of like, orthorexia and like being obsessed Mm -hmm. with eating clean. And I think some people find themselves on both spectrums. Like I know I have never looked at ingredients. And then I went through a phase in life where I actually started looking and I was like, holy shit. But then I was afraid to go out to eat because I was afraid of the oil on my food. And I was like, Mm -hmm. and it went in the complete other direction. And I know you also help women with weight loss. So how do you balance those things with like having a healthy mindset around it? Yeah. Um, okay. So let's unpack this a little bit. I, I've had my share of ED issues. Um, this is something I work on weekly. I'm in a group. Like, I think if you know that you have something going on, you should absolutely seek help. Um, but to speak to that, I have gotten to a place where I know what foods make me feel good. And I know too much about these ingredients that I don't really want them in my body. So if I can control my environment at home, I am more than comfortable going out for an occasional fry or for dinner at a nice restaurant or to get tacos from a taco stand, because I know that, you know, my 90, 10 or my 80, 20, like what I control at home is great. And I know that that one meal where maybe I'm eating canola oil, it's not going to affect me as much as if I were eating it every single day. So that's what I remind myself. Um, It is hard because I think a lot of people are in this mindset of labeling things as good and bad. And this kind of ties into when I work with people for, I like to say weight management rather than weight loss, because I don't like, I won't take on a client if they're just coming to me for weight loss. If they want to come to me and learn better habits to feel more energized and feel better in their body and maybe weight loss is a side effect. Great. 
Um, that's just how I work. I know there are some coaches that do weight loss. Um, that's just not my jam. Like I don't, my clients don't weigh themselves. They strictly go by how they feel, how they fit into their clothes, um, and so on and so forth. But this good versus bad mentality is really problematic. And it's, it becomes this like pedestal. And if we label things as good and bad, all these bad foods become so out of reach and they become so um, like glorified almost that they're mm-hmm. on this like pedestal and then we have no control around them. Yeah. And I've done this before, like, oh my God, I could never eat French fries because they were so bad. And then when I would eat French fries, I yeah. would fully binge. Yeah, totally. Same, you know, and you feel mm-hmm. like shit after because you're like, oh my God, I have no control. You start to feel bad about yourself and you binge eat. And it's a whole, it's a whole cycle. cycle. You lose trust yes. in yourself too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When in reality, if we didn't label it as good or bad, but we were just like, Hey, I'm getting my period and I want French fries today. Yeah. And we ordered an order of French fries and ate whatever we wanted till we were full. That's such a better place to be in. So I think going into that, like, as we said earlier, like the baked lays. Okay. Yeah. I may, I may have called them unhealthy or bad, but in my mind, I, I, I think I ate them a few months ago. I was literally craving them. I saw the bag at pop bellies. I'm like, yeah. this sounds divine right now. Yeah. I looked at the ingredients. I'm like, Ugh, whatever I ate them yeah. and I moved on and I didn't fixate. And then it's I was like able food to for just your soul. Like, exactly. And sometimes you need those moments and that is totally okay. Like we are human and it's really hard to navigate this food system when every single ad on TV, every single billboard, every single block we drive is a fast food place. Like there's food everywhere in this country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's also a psychological element to that, but I never want to work with someone and say, Hey, you have to be gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. You can't have fun. You can't have a glass of wine. Like that's not what I do. Um, and I think the first step for anyone to find more balance is to try to remove those labels. And then there's a freedom of like, you know, if you want to indulge, you can, and you don't have to feel bad about it after. You mentioned gluten-free and dairy-free, and that's like such buzzwords of our time. Mm-hmm. Everyone should be gluten-free and dairy-free. And I want to just know your thoughts on it. Is that the best choice for everyone? Or how do you advise people around those things? Because I think a lot of people go gluten-free and then you're like, do you have a gluten intolerance? And some people don't even know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think most people in the U.S. should be gluten-free. Um there's this common thing. People always say, Oh, I'm gluten-free, but when I go to Europe, I can tolerate it. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that's not something in their head. That's real. Um, our food in this country is so processed and grains and oats and gluten and wheat are the most heavily sprayed crop. So Mm -hmm. it may not even be the wheat that someone's reacting to. It could be the pesticide. Yeah. So the first thing to note is to buy organic and to buy sprouted grains. Those are just easier to digest. In addition, if someone knows they can tolerate gluten and they want better forms, a sourdough bread is really great just because the way it's fermented, it's easier to break down in the gut. Um, There's more cultures. So that's my first recommendation. Second, I am personally gluten-free. It has made my life so much better. Um, I don't wake up with brain fog. I used to get headaches. I'd really get like a gluten hangover. Mm -hmm. Um, with that being said, I have an occasional treat. It was my friend's engagement on Tuesday and they brought out these huge chocolate chip cookies with dulce de leche on top. And 
I, I could not say no. And so I had a cookie and, you know, maybe I felt the effects on Wednesday a bit, but I haven't eaten gluten the rest of the week. And that's what I choose. Yeah. Um, if someone comes to me and they have severe leaky gut and we do a stool test and they're reacting to gluten and their immunity is shot, then I have no choice, but to say, we need to temporarily cut this out because yeah. you're not going to heal. Um, so I think long story short, not everyone needs to be, I would choose smarter options like organic sprouted, um, sourdough grains, and then use caution, like see, like, look at your symptoms, like know yourself track. If you got a headache, you know, if you're reacting, it could take up to 72 hours, which I don't think people know. So if you eat gluten on Tuesday, you could react all the way up until Friday. If you get a migraine or if you get eczema, um, that is all possibly tied to the gluten for dairy. As we get older, we naturally become more lactose intolerant. The amount of lactase to digest lactose decreases in our body. So it's really common. They'll hear people say, oh, growing up, I ate a lot of dairy and now I just can't eat it. Like I had ice cream the other week and I feel so sick. That's literally um, my that's boyfriend. A, like, yeah. he, so that's he it out for a little in college. And then he just like, cause he just wasn't eating it. Like he wasn't buying it. Mm-hmm. And I think, and then he went back to it and he was just like, I just don't eat, I can't eat dairy anymore. Mm-hmm. That's real. So that is studied. Um, we see that. So there's like digestive enzymes you can take to digest um, dairy, but I think the type of dairy is more important than just labeling it as dairy. Like if people love dairy and they don't break out from it and they don't feel sick from it and they don't have loose stool, then great. Just buy a really good dairy from a grass fed cow. Um, We are what our protein eats. And this is something I talk a lot about with clients. If you're buying meat that was fed soy, um, injected with antibiotic growth hormones, that meat cut is not really healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, The fat ratio is off. It's going to be super inflammatory. And those are the types of meats that, you know, increase cholesterol. Everyone's like, oh, red meat increases cholesterol. That's not true. The conventionally farmed meat does. Grass-fed meat does not. That's interesting. Where, where do you buy your meat then? Like, tell me where. Yeah. So I don't eat meat often because I, I I really go to whole foods. I don't love the cuts that are super affordable. So what I'll do is I'll buy the grass fed ground beef. And sometimes I'll buy that at the whole foods um, meat counter, but sometimes I'll buy it in a package from a rancher. And, you know, you just look for the labels, just read it, make sure it's grass fed grass fed and grass finished is the gold standard. It's really hard to find here. Um, they have like grass fed fillets. If you ever wanted to do like a date night or like mm-hmm. treat yourself, cause they're, they're a little bit more expensive, but what I'll do, I diversify. So I'll eat wild fish. I'll eat organic free range chicken. I'll have a few pasture raised organic eggs and then, um, I'll do grass fed steak. So I rotate. Um, I never do anything like two days in a row unless I'm eating leftovers, but I just like to diversify because there's such a different amino acid profile that you get from each type of meat and protein Mm. that it's really good to have diversity. In terms of affordability, I feel like uh, I love a good Whole Foods and I live two blocks from one. Oh God, so I go so like, expensive. I go like three times a day. Literally, I went to Whole Foods three times yesterday because it's at my corner. I'm sure you spent like $75 because yeah, I can't get out like, there $20 every time. Yeah, it's like I got to get my hummus. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want a rotisserie chicken. And you know, like the show goes on. But um, where do you advise people if they're like a little bit trying to be on a budget or like can't afford some of like the nicer things. I know organic does cost more and that's kind of the aim, but do you have any advice around some like affordability hacks? 
Absolutely. So there's this company called Environmental Working Group or EWG for short. Um, they're the leader in like non-toxic lifestyle. Um, and I guess just like advocating for consumers because um, they do a lot of legal stuff as well, just like petitioning the government for pesticides and whatnot. So if you go to their website, they publish a clean 15 and a dirty dozen every year. And what this means is they have studied all the produce on the market and they have told you the dirtiest 12 items that you should absolutely buy organic and the top 15 that if you wanted to save money, you could buy conventional. So Typically what's on the dirty dozen is like spinach, strawberries. Um, I think maybe white potatoes. I can't remember, but oh, that's so interesting. Maybe, I'm excited yeah, to look. So I'll have to link this yeah, in the show just, notes. Yes. Link it for everyone. Um, I've posted about it before and it's just a quick Google search. And what you could do is take a screenshot of it. And when you're at the store, like absolutely buy those 12 organic. And if you go to like certain stores, like Trader Joe's, I see that their organic stuff is like a dollar or 50, 50 cents to a dollar more. Whole foods is a little bit, is a little bit more, but Trader Joe's is relatively affordable. So you could do two stores um, or you could opt for the clean 15 items that are a little bit cheaper because you can buy them conventional. I have a, a produce wash from Trader Joe's that I do this now with any loose stuff because of COVID. And like, I don't, I never thought about this before, but you know, when you go to the store, you like touch a hundred avocados yeah. and you touch a hundred apples. Like I, I wash all my produce that's loose, but you, if you, you know, if you're at a store and you couldn't find it organic, you could just soak the stuff in the produce wash and then drain it and rinse it. At least you're getting some of the um, residue off. And then the other, um, like big call out is frozen foods mm-hmm. and especially for berries. So they're actually more nutritious because they're peak they're picked at the peak ripeness and frozen right away. Whereas, you know, if you're picking all the raspberries, they have to go on a full supply chain. They've got to get boxed, put on the truck, sent to Whole Foods, and then unpacked. And so it's a few days past their ripeness where the nutrients aren't as available. But the frozen stuff is frozen immediately. And it's so cheap. Like for one carton of berries, I think it's like what, four bucks. You can get a whole bag that could give you like five or six servings for a full week for $4. So that's a really great hack as well. Those are all good advice. Is that the same for frozen vegetables or is that a little different? Yeah, I think it is um, in terms of like peaking, like peak ripeness and and freezing it. I haven't fully compared prices. Like the one drastic price change is the berries. But this week, actually, I bought a mushroom medley because I was in the mood for shiitakes. I didn't want to spend $7 (laughs) a carton. So I bought like a $3 organic frozen one. And I was actually going to spend a little bit more on non-organic a fresh bundle. So I think it, I think it really does check out. I haven't looked at everything, but from what I've seen, frozen stuff is a great option. And it's nice to have in the house too, because you can always have a healthy meal if you have 15 minutes. Yeah. I want to talk about mood boosting foods or if that's actually a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I've worked with um, therapists and they've talked about like how foods can affect your mood and things like that. And I just wanted to know your thoughts on food correlating with mood and with anxiety. Yes, this is so real. Um, When people are suffering from anxiety or depression or under a lot of stress, we run through our vitamins and minerals much faster because it's just like taxing the system. So good foods that you can add in are foods that have good omegas. So um, I think I touched on this a bit earlier, but rich sources are avocados, walnuts, olives, um, fish, like wild salmon has really great omegas. Um, 
any vegetables are really therapeutic and healing. I mean, if you think about it, like when you feel like shit, you eat like shit. And then it kind of causes this spiral and like sugar is great. in the one second you eat it, but then 20 minutes later, you have a horrible crash. So if someone's suffering from low energy or they're dealing with depression and they can't motivate themselves to get out, like that's not going to help anything. Um, Another one is blueberries. Um, blueberries have really great antioxidants, which are protective um, and really therapeutic as well. So when in doubt, like you don't necessarily need to eat that list, but I would just go back to the principles of like whole foods, yeah. eating foods in their purest form, um, getting a variety of greens, a variety of color. You mentioned wild caught salmon. I just was having a debate with my dad about this because I was at home. <laughs> And I feel like the Atlantic salmon that sometimes farm raised is a lot like juicier when you buy it at Whole Foods even. Yeah. So we should be buying wild, not farm raised ever. Um, like in an ideal world, yes, yes. it is way more expensive. Um, the reason it's fattier is because what they're fed. Yeah. Um, they're fed feed. They're um, in confined feeding lots. Um I don't suggest you look it up because it will make you never want to eat fish again. Um, but the, yeah, like it's all about this omega three to omega six balance. Naturally omega sixes are in foods naturally it's in our body, but we want an ideal ratio of like three to one, um, maybe four to one or less. And with our culture in the U S like all these fast foods are so high in omega six. And it really throws off that ratio because they're cooked in these peanut and canola and corn oils that are inflammatory. And then we think we're eating healthy because we're buying salmon, but it's farm raised, which has a higher omega-3 ratio. Then we're buying conventional meat, which has a higher um, six ratio. And then, you know, maybe we eat an avocado, but that's just not enough to offset the ratio. And so if you can start to decrease some of the farm foods, add in some of the good omega-3s from olives, nuts, seeds, um, avocado oil, olive oil. Um, I know coconut oil gets a bad rap, but it's actually really healthy. I love um, coconut oil. Yeah. It's so Lesser good. evil popcorn, um, bury me in it. Oh my God. That's, that actually could be one of my favorite, my favorite snacks snack in the world. I bring it like so everywhere good. I go. <laughs> Did you, and on a side note, have you bought the mini bags? They're so small. Yeah, they are tiny. I actually, I had them for my event and I put them like in the bags, but they're not Cause I was even looking at the back there, the amount of popcorn in it is like nothing. It's not, not even a calorie thing, but I was looking, but they're literally 50 calories, yeah, which is nothing. like air. Like it is nothing. I brought them like as a snack on something like this is literally nothing. I could eat um, the but whole anyways, like full bag of those though. And like have not even so be good. full. I feel like it's just a great snack, but I know, on. People, are like, I, people are like, I hate coconut oil. I'm like, no trust. Yeah. I'm product. like, no, you're so going to be addicted to it. Like my boyfriend's friends don't give a crap about this stuff. I bring it to like a party or we'll be going out and it'll be like a pregame. And I'm like, oh, I brought popcorn and then it's gone. And they're like, what is this? Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. But yeah, I mean, it's really beefing up those omega-3s, which are super anti-inflammatory. And then I'd be remiss not to bring up the impact our gut has. Um, Our gut synthesizes a lot of neurotransmitters, which help regulate our mood. So I I really think one of the reasons I was able to get off my Lexapro is because my gut was in such a better place that my neurotransmitters started to self-regulate. I took a few supportive herbs and whatnot, but I didn't need my Lexapro anymore. I'm not on it. And it was because I healed so much. So if anyone has severe anxiety or depression or mood disorders, 
do not look past your gut. Like your gut needs to be in a good place for you to regulate your energy and your mood. Like we are what we eat, but we are also what we absorb. And if you're not absorbing well, even if you're eating the cleanest organic, non-GMO, grass-fed, yada, yada diet, it doesn't mean anything. You just have really expensive poop. Like um, that's just the reality of the situation. Wow. That's so interesting. I was just thinking back to like, days when I really struggled and I used to chew a lot of gum, which is like very common with, for people that have struggled with eating disorders and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, and my gut was like, so shot, but so I was like in so much pain, like physical pain all the time. But then I also felt like very depressed from that pain. And I think yep. like there, it was definitely probably correlated whether I realized it or not. Um, so that's so interesting. Yeah. It's, it's all very related. So I can validate that for you. (laughs) I want to ask you what are your like the biggest diet myths you hate or like diet fads or just things you wish people would stop doing or stop saying? I have one and it's going to be controversial, but I cannot stand intermittent fasting. Um, Absolutely not. No, no, no. Um, All the studies done on intermittent fasting. I know your demographic is probably young women. all the studies from intermittent fasting or majority of them have been done on men and postmenopausal women. And what those two groups of people have in common is they're not, they're not having regular menstruation and their hormones aren't changing every week. And the woman's body is so different than a man's body. Um, I always say like the men are the sun and the women are the moon because men rise and fall and they don't change. They're the same every day. They wake up with a certain amount of testosterone, it decreases, and then they go to sleep and it starts over. Women are the moon. We're on a 28 day, give or take cycle. And our clock changes every single day, every single week. And so if you're putting all this stress on your body and basically starving yourself until noon, it is going to put so much strain on your hormones. And I forgot to mention this, but the client I had mentioned earlier was fasting 16 hours a day. Oh my gosh. And she completely stopped. And I I really do think that helped balance her thyroid alongside a few other things, but it is so harmful. And I also think it feeds into ED behavior and it gives people an excuse to kind of like get into this binge mode of like, I didn't eat all day. So I'm going to have this huge meal, um, which is just not good for digestion. Um, people are drinking black coffee on an empty stomach, which spikes stress hormones. We're not giving any food to balance out our blood sugar and blood sugar dysregulation at the core. It can be traced to the core of every single disease. Um, you know, people are calling, like they're saying diabetes is related, heart disease, cardiovascular disease, because blood sugar dysregulation is stress. It's when our body can't regulate the insulin and it can't regulate the food that we're eating. So it's like, we've got these huge ups and downs Mm -hmm. and you don't ever want to be in a place of like starving to super full and then starving. Like that is the worst thing you can do for your body. And I feel like intermittent fasting just fits into that bucket. That's spot on. It's so funny. My boyfriend for like about a year did it. And he did it because he was on the road so much for work that he was like working up to enough time to breakfast and he stopped it and like saw just different improvements in his energy and whatnot. But I think 
it, like you said, especially for women, it feeds into like very eating disordered behavior and food rules. Like, oh, it's 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. and I'm hungry, but I can't eat because I, I do intermediate. Yeah, I shouldn't be eating. It's like, yeah, it's fucking right now. like what? And I think like all these diets, again, like going back to what we said at the beginning, you have to know yourself. And all these diets kind of tell you that you can't trust your intuitive nature. And at the core of living a healthy, sustainable life and maintaining your healthy set point of your weight where you should be is intuitive eating. You should eat when you are hungry. You should stop when you are full. You should eat the foods you crave because your body probably needs it. For example, some of my clients crave red meat when they're on their period because they need more iron. And that's intuitive to its core. And when we do all these diets and we can't eat like, Maybe you are hungry. Maybe you worked an eight hour day and your brain has been going since nine in the morning and you need more food. Like maybe you, you need more fuel. And these people are listening to what a textbook should say. And it is just so harmful. That's so powerful. And when we think about intuitive eating, do you ever have people come to you and say like, okay, but if I intuitively eat, I feel like I'm not going to be happy with my body, especially as women. Yes. And I think that is so, and look, I have days too like that, but I think it's so deep rooted in this culture where shrinking yourself feels like the only time that you can be worthy. And it's like, you know, I'm getting married soon. Everyone's got this pressure of like, oh my shutting God. for the wedding. It cannot. And, you know, I've like gotten caught. I've caught myself a few times being like, oh, I want to lose weight for the wedding. I'm like, wait, why do I want to lose weight? My dress fits now my fiance thinks I look great. Now I feel good. Now what is so deep rooted in this culture that I feel like I need to shrink to be beautiful on my wedding day. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I, you know, I'm not a therapist. I have experience, but I think that is probably something people need to unpack a little bit more about why they feel they need to look a certain way for validation or begs the question of, what are you going to get in your life when you weigh that weight? What is going to change? Are you magically going to have a better relationship with yourself? Are you magically going to get the job that you want? Like is, is losing X amount of weight going to get you somewhere that you feel like you're, you can't get now. Yeah. And probably quite the opposite. I think something that I have found very helpful in my recovery journey has just been understanding like, okay, let's say you did want to lose five pounds, Lauren, what does five pounds feel like mentally? How do you feel? Are you, you're anxious, you're tired, mm-hmm. that it's more important how you feel in your head, how your brain feels, how you can live your life than how you look. And I think yes. that's something that a lot of diets obviously don't take into account. No, it's so like, if you're, if 80% of your day is thinking about food, then that's a problem. And that's when I had realized I had an issue because I think in today's world, we can always compare ourselves to someone who's worse. You know, we could say, oh, I've never had to be pulled out of school or, oh, you know, that's, that's my experience. You know, I, I, this never really, I functioned, I could get through work. I could do my, my day, but I sat myself down and I was like, oh my God, like 80% of my day. previously was thinking about food Mm -hmm. and when I should eat and what I should eat and how much I should eat. Like, I don't want to live like that. Yeah. And that's when I knew I had to get help. Yep. Similarly, I was reading a book and it was about someone who like, there was cake at the party or something and they weren't in the mood for it. So they didn't think about it or whatever. And to me, I was like, holy fuck, you didn't think about like what you were going to eat that day, you know? And that's when it's like, I was in my recovery journey reading that book, but I was like, 
there's an issue there when like you go to bed mm-hmm. thinking about what you ate or you're constantly thinking about ne- your next meal. Like, and unfortunately, I think like you said, whether you were in, in treatment or you just think about food all the time, it's a problem. And it's a mm-hmm. problem a lot of women have. And it's heartbreaking. Like it's truly heartbreaking. And I think that's yeah. such a point. I know we are almost at time. So I want to ask you a few of my closing questions. And the first is if someone listening to this episode could only take one thing away from our conversation, when it comes to prioritizing healthy living and a healthy life, what would you want it to be? That's a good one. Um, I, I think really going back to the beginning, like you need to know yourself and you need to learn your body and you really need to make friends with your body to understand what you need to feel good. Uh, I think a lot of people go on this quest for health for the wrong reasons. And I think knowing your body, knowing your symptoms, knowing why you're doing a certain thing is really important. And what advice would you give to Morgan who just graduated from college? If you could go back and tell her just one thing. So I knew this was going to be asked because I listened to a few of your podcasts, but I feel like there's so many things and I don't want to say everything happens for a reason, but I think there's no need to put so much pressure on ourselves. Um, you know, even when we spoke about earlier, like getting that internship for junior year, going into senior year, like that was like the biggest thing. And it was so stressful. And looking back, like that literally was irrelevant. Um, that did not change where I am today. That did not, you know, so on and so forth. There's so many things that we put so much stress on ourselves and we, you know, we think about, and we get so anxious about, and it's just, I think to take everything day by day, like just do the best you can take everything day by day. Like that would have helped me so much more instead of taking on all the world's problems and all my issues at once and and compounding everything. Um, just living day by day in the moment is such a beautiful and challenging thing, but I think it would have helped a lot um, with my anxiety and my stress and, and everything else back then. Absolutely. You don't have to solve everything right now. Yeah. It's also just not possible. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Morgan, where can our listeners find you? How can they connect with you and get in touch with you if maybe they want to work with you? Absolutely. Um, I am a few places. So on Instagram, I'm three pillars wellness and in between the words, there are underscores. So three underscore pillars, underscore wellness. My website is tpwellness.org. And if someone wants to work with me, um, I'd love to chat. I have a contact page on my website so they can reach out. Um, let me know what's going on. We'll set up a free 15 minute call. And then I also have a newsletter on my website so people can put their email in and I send about a newsletter every week or every other week, um, which is some free health advice and products I'm loving. So it's another good way to start slowly dabbling into um, a healthy lifestyle. Well, this was great. I know I needed this today. This was so much good information. I'm like thinking about what I'm making for dinner now. Um, So thank (laughs) you so much for coming on and being with us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thanks so much for listening to my episode with Morgan. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And if you did, feel free to share it on social media and tag Morgan and myself and let us know what resonated. And that's all for me. I'll be back next week with another episode.